put the passions aside. They can have a part of your life, but it should be more of a hobby. And what we really want to focus on are our values, among other things. But values is what's really going to lead to the most career fulfillment. Because if I am someone where creativity is my biggest value and that's where I thrive, I need to be working in an environment that that you know embodies that and that allows that to, to flourish, right? This is Your Career GPS. The podcast designed to help teens, young adults, students, new graduates, and emerging professionals navigate their career journey. And your journey starts now. Welcome back to Your Career GPS podcast. We're so excited to have you back with us again for another incredible episode. And we are ready to get diving into such an important topic today where we're going to be discussing all things alignment and fulfillment and really finding career paths that get us motivated and excited. And we have an incredible guest to be able to speak with us today on such an important topic. But before we do, we have our little housekeeping things that we always like to do at the top of every episode. We just want to remind all of our listeners to follow us and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, Audible. So just make sure that you are checking that uh, box uh, for subscribing so that you get notified of any new upcoming episodes as they come out. Also, uh, we just want to send a little shout out to our friends at Get Schooled. Get Schooled is America's only free all digital solution for college and first job success with over one million young people ages 16 to 24 utilizing this incredible surface. Uh, it is designed to help the needs of the underserved, but really to serve all students. You can sign up for one-on-one -on -one tech support, notifications of various resources. You can get your resume reviewed, job search help, and all of this is free. So go to GetSchooled.com or check out their amazing social media channels at GetSchooled. Awesome. Today, our guest is Eliana Goldstein. She is a career and success coach and the founder of Eliana Goldstein Consulting. She's a certified professional coach working with ambitious millennials who are ready to create the necessary mindsets, learn the key strategies, and set the goals needed to move to the next level in their career. Her coaching combines more than nine years of professional experience that she's gained in the corporate world and building her own business with the skills and training she has as a certified professional coach. She brings you the tools and strategies to become the professional boss version of yourself and create a career that you're actually excited and confident about so that you can stop settling for good enough. Eliana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to chat with you today. Yes, we are so excited to have you. And like Brad said, really excited to dive into this topic. But before we do that, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and how you found your way into your consulting business? Yes, absolutely. So I had, you know, a career path, I think that probably a lot of people can relate to. It definitely was not sort of a straight linear path. I Worked in the ad tech industry for almost 10 years. Um, started off as a marketing coordinator at a small e-commerce startup. I then moved into the um, online sales and ad tech world where I worked at an ad network, then moved over to the publisher side and um, eventually 
ended up going back to the startup world. And as I was going through all this, you know, had the kind of on paper success that many of us desire, where I was able to, you know, increase my title, increase my salary, grow and scale really quickly, and had really been almost living that version of success that I had always dreamt of, that I had always wanted for me, yet something felt really wrong on the inside. And I kind of thought it was normal to feel that way. So I really just kind of continued and kept pushing myself down that path for a number of years. And eventually I just kind of reached a point of burnout where I just said, I really can't do this anymore. I can't envision feeling this way for another five years, 10 years, 15 years, and decided that like, I needed a change. We needed to do something different. And I enrolled in this like very intensive three-day, 30-hour personal development seminar. It was sort of like my first foray into the world of personal development. And I think it was a light bulb moment in the sense for me of recognizing that I had a lot more power than I was giving myself credit for. And I felt like I was just kind of like stuck on this path and there was nothing I could do to get out of it. But I really, there were things that I could do. And I was still working at the time. I was continuing to work, but I really started focusing on, you know, introspection, reflection. What is my skill set? What am I good at? What do I enjoy? What is almost like my personal brand? And that mm-hmm. combined with, a lot, a lot, a lot of networking led me to the world of professional coaching. And I really recognized like, this is for me. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm good at. Um, So while I was still working, I went to become certified, sort of started building out the business as a side hustle until eventually it grew. And then I left the corporate job, started the business full time and have now been doing that for about almost two and a half years now. So it was quite a journey, but I'm I, I'm very appreciative to be where I am now. And you know, suffice to say, it wasn't always easy to get here, but I'm I'm happy that I'm here now. Yeah, yeah, and you certainly seem happy. I mean, I think one of the things that really comes through is a lot of authenticity in that story, and uh, it's certainly a story that over the past. 69 episodes uh, that we've had on this podcast, we've heard a lot of similar uh, types of stories where um, I I like how you put it, like on paper success, you know, and and we've heard that a lot from a lot of the guests that we've had that, you know, traditionally speaking, I should be way happier than I am Mm -hmm. because I have this great job. I have these benefits. I have this great uh, income and all of these things that technically, you know, uh, society defines as, as success. And but we're just not, we're not feeling it. We're not energized, you know? Um, and so I, I just really love the, uh, the authenticity of that story. And, and, um, and again, kind of like being able to kind of see the steps that you took to get to the point where you're at mm-hmm. now, I think is pretty cool. One of the things that you have talked about before is really kind of defining really fulfillment a little yeah. bit differently than, uh, again, kind of what we're taught. And, Uh, One of the things that I really, really appreciate a lot about what you have said um, is this concept of passion and that uh, people tend to put a lot of emphasis on the word passion and follow your passion and everything like that. And Mm -hmm. you have a slightly different interpretation of where passion kind of fits in. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the notion of chasing your passion is probably one of the kind of biggest fallacies that are out there when it comes to our careers. And I think it's the reason that so many people end up feeling unfulfilled in their career paths and their career choices. Um, And, you know, we were all taught in this notion of chase your passion, chase your passion. If you can work in your passion, you'll just be so, so, so happy, right? Yet 
so many people end up working in their passions, yet they feel so unhappy and so disconnected from what it is that they're doing. So why is that the case? I always give the example, you know, of the, uh, the, the girl, the woman who is the foodie, who is like, if I can just work in the food industry, I'm going to be the happiest person out there. It's my passion. I'm obsessed with it. And, you know, she lands that great job working in the food industry at this, you know, massive, you know, food and beverage company. And her hours are terrible. Her boss treats her like crap. She has no creativity in her roles. She has no room for development in the role. And there are all these things that are off. And that just goes to show, you know, you can work in your passion, but if all these other boxes aren't checked, it's not going to outweigh those other boxes. So what I really focus on with, you know, my clients and when I'm speaking to people is put the passions aside. They can have a part of your life, but it should be more of a hobby. And what we really want to focus on are values among other things, but values is what's really going to lead to the most career fulfillment. Because if I am someone where creativity is my biggest value and that's where I thrive, I need to be working in an environment that that you know embodies that and that allows that to, to flourish, right? So that's kind of my whole take on the passions and why I say put the passions aside. It's not what's going to work in terms of that sense of fulfillment. I know I always appreciate a conversation around fulfillment and values, and I'm sure Brad does too. We've had lots of uh, guests on who talk about that, but I also think it's really important to recognize that we have a lot of college students and young professionals who are listening, and it can be really hard to figure that out. And and I imagine there are people listening right now who are like, okay, cool, but I have no idea what, where to even start with what makes me feel fulfilled. So Mm -hmm. do you have any suggestions you can offer for people who just like, don't even know where to start with this? Mm -hmm. So I would say, so like, of course, fulfillment is very personal, right? It's going to be unique and different for every other person. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make with fulfillment is that a lot of the times I kind of correlate fulfillment and success along the same lines. Um, And what a lot of happens, especially younger in our careers, is that we don't realize it, but what we're chasing in terms of fulfillment is somebody else's version of fulfillment. Usually it's our parents, usually it's, you know, our friends or society in general. And before we know it, we're kind of chasing something that isn't really meaningful to us. So one of the first things we need to do is really get honest about like, what does fulfillment mean to me and only me, right? And how do I distinguish and differentiate between myself and the people that are surrounding me and that are very influential in my life? So for some people, you know, I even think like little things like, you know, going out and taking a values quiz, right? Is it, there's so many resources online for that stuff that you can kind of just get get started on your own. Like, is it looking through a list of 50 different values? What's calling out your name? You know, and when you think about where do I want to be in a year from now in my career, are you thinking about, you know, a career that really pays me well, because that's going to allow myself to like live my life on the weekends. And that's really important to me. Is it, oh, I see myself in a career where I have this incredible work-life balance. And, you know, I shut off at five o'clock and I come home and then I can, you know, focus on and do what's important to me. So I think it's like a combination of really trying to shut out the noise of the people around you familiarizing yourself with your values and sort of leaning into resources that allow you to do that and really thinking about 
that one year vision. I'm not big on like five to 10 year visions. I think they're important, but I think that they can be very overwhelming, especially that young in your career. So just thinking, where do I want to be in a year from now? What would a typical great day look like for me in a year from now? And then kind of like, what am I noticing about that in terms of what's fulfilling me in that like future one year version of myself? I think those are like good places to start when you're, you know, just embarking on this new journey. I think there's so much of what you just said that like, I know Cassie and I can relate to because we're I mean, we have, uh, we both come from the higher ed space. So we're talking with college students. And how many times have we been in meetings and, and we're talking about, you know, what their their major or their degree or the career path or whatever, and and we kind of dig a little bit deeper and say, well, what got you fascinated with that? And it's kind of like, well, my brother does it. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or, exactly. Or my mom said it was a good idea. Or so I I love that. I appreciate the fact that that you're you're calling out. You know, it, it's it's okay for for those types of things to to provide some information, but how much are they really really influencing these decisions? Yes. I yes. think should be should be taken into account. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's great. That's great. You know, one of the things that um, that we also did want to kind of talk a little bit about is, you know, for these, you know, new grads um, that are just now venturing, it's May. So, um, you know, graduations are happening all across yep. the country and they're venturing now into these, these first jobs. And you had a really great story about you know, you kind of started out in a space and, and, and bounced into a couple of different roles, yes. um, you know, within that industry, you know, so, you know, a company or an organization can kind of play a big role into um, how they're really putting fulfillment into perspective and what oh, that yeah. really means for them. Um, so as they're kind of venturing out into that first active job search, are there certain um, things that they should look for that could maybe pose red flags or things that they could say, you know, maybe I don't need to be going here because it's not it's not going to work? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are so many different things. I think one and at kind of as you were saying this, this was coming up in my head for me, but one of the best things that I can recommend in this arena is that a lot of the times, especially you're coming out of school, you know, maybe you're going into internships that you're hoping will come into, you know, longer term placements. As you're exploring your options, really make sure that you're not just relying on the interview process to really be able to understand and vet a company. Because I actually think like oftentimes you can't spot the red flags if you solely rely on the interview. And a lot of the times when we are a candidate and we're going through these rounds, you know, the the company wants to hire us, right? Or they really want to sell us in. They We might be one of like four people who are selected and they're going to do everything possible to really sell the company to us. So it's really hard to really be able to spot those red flags during the interview. So what I generally recommend in terms of being able to find and cultivate those red flags is to really better focus on networking as a vetting process, right? A lot of the times we think about networking as, oh, let me just ask this person to refer me in and can they help me get my foot in the door? And while yes, that's obviously very crucial, what you really want to think about is networking in the form of market research. So when you're having these conversations pre-interview, you then really want to think about, okay, exactly like you're saying, what are the questions that I need to be asked? 
asking to really vet whether this is a fit for me. And those questions are going to be based off of what's important to you, right? So like we said before, if you are someone who really values that work-life balance, you might ask like, what does a typical day look like here? You know, generally are a lot of employees working overtime or when do people kind of shut off for the day? You know, do we get paid overtime? Those sort of questions, which sometimes when you're asking them during the interview process, you either might not get an honest answer or maybe you don't feel comfortable asking like such pointed questions. But when you're doing it kind of during the networking phase where you don't really have anything to lose and this person isn't necessarily trying to sell you, you can get a much more honest answer. Um, So questions of that nature, I obviously think asking about company culture in general, like what does it look like? What do they do to promote a healthy culture? You know, what are the DEI um, methods that are being instituted here? Again, it's really kind of what is important to you as an individual at your company and then kind of working backwards from there to figure out what are the questions that I need to ask about that, right? Um, Again, like if it's important to you, like that internal growth trajectory and you know that you want to be able to grow here, you might ask, you know, what does a typical growth path from this role look like? Where could I be in a year or two from now? So very personalized, but I always say it's like that journalistic approach of thinking about like, what is the goal? What do you want to get out of this? And then working backwards to craft the questions that will allow you to sort of elicit those answers, but making sure to do that during networking as opposed to relying on the interview process for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A ton of great points there. I think it's uh, it really changes the conversation quite a bit when you don't have nearly as much writing on it on both sides that you can get a lot more of that transparency. And I'm, I'm really, really glad you brought this point up because I've actually seen it with one or two of my clients recently where they have uh, gone through the process of applying for a position thinking it was going to be a certain way. Let's say it's, you know, they're told this is a fully remote position only to find out in the interview yep. process. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, so this is this is great, great stuff that you're bringing up. So I appreciate um, that uh, that focus on networking to really get that uh, get that intel. One of the other things that I, I think is something that, you know, we wanted to to think about here is that if we have uh, individuals who now are, you know, maybe a little bit further along, they mm-hmm. are in their respective uh, positions and they're feeling, well, let's say comfortable. They're feeling um, that, you know, they can they can keep plugging along, but they're certainly not inspired. They're not motivated. Yeah. They're not. Um, and and we've seen this and we actually had a couple of conversations with with individuals in past episodes, um, particularly uh, individuals of color um, that come yeah. from certain uh, cultural backgrounds where, you know, they are on paper successful and and their culture, you know, really tells them, hey, you should be grateful that yeah. you have this opportunity. This is a place for you to, to shine. But for those um, people, you know, breaking free from that can be a little scary. So maybe can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of this fear that that people can get trapped into and you know, in dealing with those emotions that, you know, maybe I should just kind of stay put and just suck it up and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad you touched on this. And, you know, we're talking about the fears, talking about the mindsets. I, I personally think, and I'm sure you've had other guests say this as well, but when it comes to mindset, that is 
probably the most important part in terms of determining success in your careers. Every client of mine knows that before we dive into any type of job search strategy, we always focus on our mindsets first and the beliefs that we have first, because those ultimately impact our behaviors more than anything else. So I think first and foremost, in order to kind of overcome or manage these fears, these thoughts, these feelings, we need to be clear on what they are in the first place and and where they're stemming from, right? Because a lot of the times, like we don't really understand the root cause. We have these feelings that come up, but we so often sweep it under the rug that they sort of just fester and get a lot bigger. So it's really important to really understand like, what are the thoughts? What are the beliefs? What are the feelings that I have around my career that could potentially impact me? There's, There's a system that I use with my clients. It's called the SLAM system, um, and it stands for your stories, your limiting beliefs, your assumptions, and your monster message. And these are four, almost what I see as like blocks that stand between you and the success that you desire in your career. Um, and a lot of them are going to be like correlated to what you were, you know, what you were saying and what we were talking about before in terms of stories we've created about ourselves that are probably like passed down from our parents or the pressure that we have from parents in society. A lot of them are are going to be based on experiences we've already had at work, where we kind of assume, oh, this happened to me once, it's probably going to keep happening again, right? Or, you know, general beliefs that society puts out there in terms of like, oh, you know, the common one, you can't, you have to stay at a job for at least a year or two before you can make a switch. And then because of that, we like think, oh, I got to stay, I'm miserable, I want to leave so badly, but nope, it's going to be bad on my resume if I leave before, right? And these are all arbitrary, none of them are really like, really truthful. So I like to kind of go through this slam system when I'm working with people to help them identify those blocks. And then once you kind of do understand these blocks, do understand these mindsets that are holding you back, you can then actually start doing the work to reframe them and really see, okay, this is a story that I've been telling myself about my career, about this experience that I had. How can I reframe this in a way that's actually going to be more empowering me, that's going to push me to move forward as instead of holding me back, right? But the first step with any type of work around fears and reframing frames is we we have to first develop the awareness around what's there in the first place, and then we can really address it. So obviously, like I could talk about this topic for hours, but that's <laughs> that's kind of an overview of, of what I think about when we think about these fears and, and how do we really kind of, you know, circumvent them and, and deal with them. Mm-hmm. I think such an important thing to talk about and to recognize that we do all have these fears and stories and, and so many other things that are kind of sitting in there and how important it is to work through that. Yeah. And then kind of on the other end of that or in the middle of that somewhere is this need to also then start building up our confidence and to really be aware of that as an important aspect of our, our work and our job searches and all of that. And I know gaining confidence is an aspect of the work that you do with your clients. So can you talk about kind of that end of it and why that is so important in our job searches? Yeah, absolutely. I it's funny. I was just putting together a deck for, um, a corporate partner. And I think the statistic was said that like, you know, it 96% of people who feel, feel more confident at work are more likely to stay in their job. Right. So there is a direct correlation between your confidence and your desire to stay in a job and, and employee retention and the, how well you will do in your job. So it is, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I know it's a buzzword that we all hear confidence, confidence, confidence in the workplace. And we kind of, you know, downplay it. Oh, you know, I hear it all the time, but 
it's so vital and it's so fundamental to all aspects of success in your job. So I think one of the first things, first and foremost, when it comes to feeling that level of confidence outside of the mindset work that we talked about is really understanding like what you have to offer as an employee, right? And I think this is a lot of the times like correlated to like brand development. Like what is my personal brand as an individual? And when I think about those things and, you know, what does it mean there are a few things that I like to focus on. So really like cultivating that brand. So one of the first things is really truly understanding what are your areas of engagement. And basically your areas of engagement are the things that you do, you know, on a weekly, daily, monthly basis that you tend to enjoy the most in your job, right? The projects, the tasks, the work that you get assigned where you're like, oh, okay, this isn't bad. I actually enjoy doing this. And then conversely, your areas of disengagement. Where am I miserable that I want to pull my hair out and run out the door and like, like never come back to this job again, right? And it sounds so simple, but it's actually so vital for confidence and success because if you truly understand where you're engaged and where you're disengaged, you can use that information to your advantage to be able to advocate for yourself, right? You can go to your manager and say, hey, you know, I've been reflecting a lot over these past few months and, you know, I got, you put me on this project and I ha- I really recognized how much I excelled, how much I enjoyed it. You know, I really think I was able to add a lot of value. I hope that you agree. You know, conversely, I noticed that these types of projects aren't, you know, I'm happy to do them, but it's not as much my forte. You know, I wanted to bring this information to you because if you ever have projects like XYZ again, I would love to be involved. I would love for you to tap me in for something like that. Right. And the truth is we never have those types of conversations with our manager. Like we should be, but we don't. And just letting them know that information can really change the dynamic of things because now you get to work on things you're more excited about. You're naturally going to be more productive and better at what it is that you're doing. Your manager is going to recognize that. They're going to want to give you more assignments and projects in that arena. And that's going to all develop your confidence, right? And your ability to grow and scale. So it's sometimes even just like those simple things and becoming aware of them and then using that information to your advantage that can really make that difference in building your confidence. I, yeah, I love that idea of, of even just being mindful of like, when am I most engaged? Yeah. What tasks, projects, etc. are giving me that feeling versus not that feeling. Exactly. So I love that tip so much. Is there one or two other things you could suggest listeners do, whether that be during the workday and in the job or internship that they're in, or even outside of that at home, one or two things that they could do to start to build up that confidence? So I think another really big thing is just being mindful of your language. Um, You know, obviously, our language shapes our behaviors. And a lot of the times, like the way that we speak at work, we're not even aware of it, but it kind of strips us of our confidence, right? I'm sure we've all seen like, there's so many memes and different things on social media, right? About using the word but, about using the word sorry, about saying, does this make sense? Like little things that are so colloquial that we say all the time, but that completely present us in a different light. So I always say it's like, if you want the quick fix, um, there is no quick fix, but some of the kind of quick fix tactics is starting to be really mindful of your language and saying to yourself, you know, for the upcoming week, I'm going to really do my best to eliminate filler words. I'm going to read over my emails. And before I send an email, I'm going to see where did I kind of just say something like, does that make sense for you? Or do you think this could be a good idea? Right. And use a lot more actionable language, right? Not, um, 
not saying something like, sorry, but I just did that, right? Just saying, this is what I did, right? So I think that even small things like that can make a really big difference. And especially, I mean, at any level in your career, but especially early on, as you're sort of making a name for yourself. And you know, if you're engaging with managers or people a little bit more senior to you, if you can present yourself in that different light and use more actionable, strong language, it's going to really change how people see you. So I think that's a really, really, really big one. And then I would also just say, you know, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. I know it is the most cliche thing to say ever, but you are not going to grow. You are not going to develop that confidence and strength muscle if you don't do things that make you uncomfortable, right? So the next time you're in that meeting and you want to say something and you're like, I can't say it, they're going to think I sound stupid, just push yourself and say, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to throw it out there, and then I'm going to be done with it, right? So like, even if you can just like once a week do something that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, it's going to become more natural, you're going to get better at it with time. And then before you know it, you're going to be doing these things all the time. So I think those are really, really big things. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. And you know, baby steps, I think these are things that are not like, you know, really major shifts, but, um, you know, things that you can certainly be doing on a, on a very small scale and, and incrementally and, and, and then kind of dial it up over yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. Um, amazing. So uh, this has been a fantastic episode today. I feel like we've like, you know, covered so much in short, uh, such a short period of time. One of the things that we do, uh, at the end of every episode is we always cap off with our, our, um, quintessential question, which is, do you have a top piece of career advice that um, you feel is like the creme de la creme that you could pass along to the next generation that's that's just absolutely the best? Yeah. So we touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper with this. And I know sometimes people don't necessarily like to hear this, but I actually think it's mm-hmm. it, I, this is something I wish I knew when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, the dream job does not exist. If I could tell anybody anything, it's that the dream (laughs) job does not exist. I think a lot of the times that we have this notion in our heads of this, like this quest for perfection in our careers, right? And this is coming from a coach who is all about fulfillment and helping you find a career that you love and that pays you well, right? Like, but I try to be really weary of using that phrase of the dream job, like going after that, because I think we always set ourselves up for for failure in that way, right? There's always going to be components of our career that we don't enjoy so much. There's always going to be work that we do that maybe isn't as great. And we have to recognize that that's going to be there, right? I always give the example, I work for myself. I am my own boss. I make my own hours. I do all these different things. There are still parts of my job that I don't enjoy, right? But there's always going to be those aspects of it. And I think it's really about kind of understanding that and really thinking about, you know, how is work going to serve my life in a more positive way, right? Is it like, going back to understanding success. Is it, you know, I'm someone purely who lives for the weekends as long as my job pays me well and I can go in and clock out and I get the money to lit, to go on vacations and do those things, that's going to bring me my sense of success. Then that is, that's what it is that you want to do, right? If you are someone who like really values, I want to develop and I want to grow and I want to, you know, get to that manager level, then going after a career that allows you to do that, right? So being mindful of what it is that's important to you and chasing after those things. But recognizing that things are never going to be perfect. And that, again, like the the dream job is, is not like a real thing. And I think the more that you can kind of embrace that, the more you actually will feel happy and successful in your career. 
I hope everybody was taking notes because that was that was <laughs> brilliantly put. I <laughs> I really really like that, and it's and it's a very very um very common sentiment from um, many of the past guests that we've had that uh, have echoed very similar uh, types of points there. And I think it's 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 not you know the easiest thing to hear, but it's necessary. I think yeah. um, because we need to stop chasing this unicorn and and really you know, taking some ownership, um, of the process and, and being okay, uh, with the exactly. fact that there are going to be some times where we're going to be challenged and, and that's okay. And we can still move forward. Yeah. So, um, this has been fantastic. So thank you so much, Eliana, for providing, uh, such great, great information and insight. So, um, I'm assuming our, our, um, listeners are going to want to learn a little bit more about you and get connected to, um, some of your content and resources. So yes. how can they do that? So thank you for having me. This was wonderful and, and such a fun conversation. Um, uh, you can connect with me on social media. I'm on Instagram. It's just my name, Eliana underscore Goldstein. Same thing, TikTok as well, you know, getting with those Gen Zers over there. Um, and then my website is just elianagoldsteincoaching.com. So shoot me a DM, you know, send me an email through my website. Always happy to hear from you guys. Um, and, you know, figure out how I can support you in any way. So thank you again. Awesome. Awesome. So a millennial career coach, soon to be Gen Z career coach, <laughs> trying to ride that fine line. I know I'm in the same exact situation. Right? You, know, you have yeah. to try to translate amongst generations. So. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. This was uh, extremely helpful. And, um, yeah, we just want to thank her again for uh, time and value add today. Stay tuned for amazing uh, episodes to come. This is your career GPS and your journey awaits. 